Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Well, I'll ask it again, just for the purpose of the recording. Then, why are you why why are you rehearsing a Pet Shop Boys song? Well, because uh, I played the crypt in the Metropolitan Cathedral in Liverpool on Saturday night and Ian Ellington, uh, the splendid scouser who uh, organised it all for me, um, said that uh, he'd do a deal with the bar staff and nail them down to 50 quid for the night if I would play It's a Sin by the Pet Shop Boys. So I've been frantically trying to learn it ever since. And, of course, then at the actual gig, I forgot to play it. So I had to pay 75 quid for the bar staff. Right. So I, that, yeah. So I'm still yeah. kind of... Now I'm like a dog with a bone with it, you know, trying to just as a matter of principle, trying to trying to learn it, because I might throw it in in Sweden just, just to confuse the Swedes. Here's a bit of pet Is shop, it- boys. Is there a Pet Shop Boys link to Sweden? Well, you know, there's probably some DNA floating about, as you'd imagine, but beyond that, no. (laughs) (laughs) Probably some DNA. You can't say things like that. (laughs) Well, you know, rock and roll, isn't it? (laughs) I feel like I've left a little bit of me behind in Sweden. (laughs) Well, that's not that. A little bit of my behind in Sweden, did you say? <laughs> you never said that, did you? No, <laughs> oh, you said that. Oh, all right. <laughs> you went. You went there. Literally, <laughs> wasn't me. Wasn't me. So remind me, yeah. is Ian? Is Ian the chap who's slightly follically challenged? Yes, that's him. That's him. Right. He's got a kind of comedy face. He's, you know. He's one. He's one of those Tommy Coopery people that you only really have to look at him and you you start giggling. <laughs> so do you do you walk up to him having not seen him for six months and just start laughing? Yes, but I do think I have the same effect on him. So so. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay. Shall we? Shall we crack on? Yes, we're up against I, it today. I know you're on a. I know you've got your chest clock running. Oh, well, well, we'll talk about that all in a minute. Well, yeah. we're on 169. It's been so long. How long since we've done this? It seems like weeks. You're not in your glam dungeon either, are you? No, no. no you're in no. A... I mean, I'm, I'm in a, a very picturesque corner of Devon. How lovely. Yeah, oh, very nice out the window. I wish I was. In a pe- well, you're jetting off tomorrow. Do you know, I did an interview, it was a short interview. Maybe it wasn't even an interview, just a kind of hello, I'm the remains of Steve Hogarth and you're listening too. Um, with East Devon Radio, strangely, in the crypt in Liverpool, uh, to a lovely girl called um, something Johnson. She might have been Caroline or Claire. Claire, perhaps. Claire Johnson. Right. Hello, I'm with Claire Johnson from 
tiddly do at Radio East Devon, I said. And she Why said, are we talking to East Devon? She said, well done, you remembered that. Of course, I've forgotten it now. Um, she just happened to be there. Right. Go figure. Go figure. Yeah. Go figure. Well, look, we've got lots to catch up on. Not not a lot of content, but loads to catch up on. Because we've had it is like two days. It feels like forever since I've seen you. Um, but we'll start. Pro- let's start proper. One six nine. Yes, you've 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 aged since I last saw you. Oh yes, one six nine. Thanks for that. <laughs> no, in a good way. In a sort of you know, you're looking slightly more George Clooney esque. Perhaps it's... And you would know. You would know. I haven't oh, been to his neck of the woods. Oh, I've, I've been in his garden. I bet you have. I bet you have. Let's go. Hang on. Let's start. Let's start. Right. Here we are. 169. Okay. Hello and welcome to chapter 169 of the Corona Diaries. Yay. Hello. Good heavens. Good heavens. Good heavens. Good. You've been away. I've been away. You're going away again. I'm going away again. They're putting us away. They're putting us Bonkers, away. isn't I was it? Just saying, we haven't spoken for a little while now, have we? We're, no, we haven't, no, we haven't gazed haven't. at one another down the Zoom screen. We, no, we haven't actually. No, down the Zoom, down the tube. And you, you have sort of aged in a slightly mm. distinctive way, like, a bit George Clooney esque. Bit, bit George. Very kind of you to say so. I think very kind of you to say so. <laughs> I think. No, you're looking good, man. I think. Oh, yeah. you caught, well, you're not looking bad. You Bear in mind, you've had the shits. <laughs> How do you know that? You told me oh, on right. a text message. <laughs> oh, my reputation takes another hammering. <laughs> you messaged me. And you said holiday was great, but I had shits on the way back. Oh, I did. Dreadful. Dreadful. Yeah, mm. A touch of dysentery. I think I picked it up in. Um, Kalmar. Right. And that, how was the how was the heat where you were? It was it was beyond warm, but not you know, not horrible. Not so you couldn't enjoy being alive. Um of course Como's in the mountains and so it's probably a good seven or eight degrees cooler than you know, if you sat sat in a street in Rome. Um Right, so you weren't in the forties then? No, we were in the sort of mid, mid, just above occasionally mid thirties. Right, Um, and even at night it'd be twenty, twenty eight, twenty nine. Wow! But we had some. uh, We we did have one amazing um, thunderstorm. I've never seen anything like it. Maybe maybe it's common in the mountains. I don't know. But we just sat sat on this little balcony that was covered. And just watched the weather go mental uh, one night. And it was raining. Like, you know when you've got a power shower on full? Mm. That's how it was raining. And the thunder was rolling thunder. That, that it was, didn't stop. It didn't stop. It was constant for about two hours. Just going... <laughs> Unbelievable. I've never heard or seen anything like it. And pretty constant lightning as well. There'd be a lightning flash about every four or five seconds, you know, for for two hours. We had something similar in Spain last year, and I found a website that actually plots where the thunderstorms are. So I was looking at this website, which was showing me the thunderstorms were actually about 15 to 20 miles out to sea, but the reason why the lightning was constant was because technically it wasn't all one thunderstorm, if you you think about it. It was just it was so far away. Mm. 
that they were all merging together. Right. So it was like this huge thing out to sea. But there's this great website. I'll find the I'll find the address for you. Not that it's of much use in normal daily life, <gasps> but it was quite in, interesting watching it and then realizing how far away it was. Right. Well, that would be. But he did handy. that thing where it lit the sky up. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Well, that's like what we of, had. Hammer, hammer house of horror thing. Like uh, close encounters. You know. You know that. Yes. Or you get the other. Yes. It was like that. It was great fun. And then the following morning, it was wide open, sunny, blue, and gorgeous. Bonkers. Did you see George? Was Mr. Clooney kicking around? No, I didn't see him. That doesn't mean he wasn't in. Um, (laughs) He just didn't take your call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was one of his security people who threw me out of the garden. It wasn't him personally. You're in a good list of people who've been ejected from George's property. No, no, I wasn't in his garden. I'm just joking. You you can't get in his garden. Well, I suppose you could get... You could climb off a boat onto onto because because the, the house has a the villa Oleandra has a a private jetty you know where little boats can pull up so you could pull up and then make your way into the garden to be met no doubt by somebody burly who would ask you WTF you were doing uh, and then you'd leave again so we decided against that. Um, but it's a lovely house, um, you know, not ridiculous, just, I don't know, 20 bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, 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 not silly. <laughs> At the water's edge. It's really lovely. But, you know, I'm, I'm cool with George and Amal having a house like that because I think they're groovy people. Oh, I'm cool with George having whatever he wants. You know, it's not like they're screwing the world. It's not like they're oligarchs or anything. No, No, George can have what he wants for me. George is all right. And uh, Amal seems like she must be really quite an extraordinary human being as well. So more power to to him. And I'm sure that's only one of about 20 houses that they've got (laughs) all all over the world. All over the world. But you had a nice time. Family had a nice time. Let's had a nice time. We did have a lovely time. Um, Lake Como is beautiful, and I thoroughly recommend it. Uh, we drove back over the mountains to Interlaken in Switzerland, which is okay. also beautiful. I mean, Interlaken itself is a bit like Bridlington. It's, it's sort of got a feel. A Swiss brid. <laughs> Did it have a bandstand? I've probably been a bit harsh on Interlaken. But, you know, it had a bit of a whiff of the, the, the seaside town about it. But we weren't staying in town. We were up, we were up on a hill in a very nice um, place called... We were in the Gloria Hotel, which I'm going to plug because it was run by two really nice people. Um, the Gloria Hotel in Beatenburg, which had the most phenomenal view of the of the two of the two lakes. I can't remember what they're called. They're called well, you'll have to look them up. But there's two Bill and Barrel. They're glacial lakes, so they've got this amazing turquoise colour. Um and then the mountains above and then the distant mountains above the mountains in the you know covered in snow in the background the jungfrau on the left um snow covered i made a snowball uh as we drove over the mountains and um i was very pleased with that and then we came back down again to the icky heat 
it's about you like a snowball, don't you? Oh, uh, you know, there's there's a small child in me that's never quite gone away. In inside this small man that I became. <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'm sure you once mentioned that you tried. Did you ask Charlie to stop the bus so you could make a snowball? He did. Yeah, bless him. Yeah, he stopped the bus for me. All right, Sage. I'll, I'll, when we get up on the mountains, you know, there's a bit of snow, I'll stop and lay, lay it out and make snowball. I'll, oh, cheers, Charlie. You know, give us a shout. You know. <laughs> so I got out, made a snowball, <laughs> threw it, and got back in again. Got back in again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and off we went. <laughs> it's a strange pastime. <laughs> what, making snowballs? Well, no, driving places to make a snowball. <laughs> well, you know, in the in the summer, it's quite a luxury. You know, mm. in, I mean, in the winter, it's a luxury. But in the summer, to be able to think, oh, I did various things today. I had a cup of cappuccino and a very nice lakeside cafe. and uh, But I also made a snowball. You know, that's something you can look back on and think, hmm, hmm, a a summer snowball. So you've touched on Liverpool. Oh, actually, before we go any further, we must must shout out to Casper. And Casper is somebody who works in customer services here who has arranged for me to be able to stay long, to outstay my welcome so we can record this podcast. What a good man. So thanks, Casper. Um, uh, you are very, very kind and very, very lovely. So thank you for that. He's Casper, um, uh, the friendly host. Ah, carry on. I'll see. I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, one thing I must say: we, I got admonished. No, I didn't get admonished. I got a oh, message through well. from Lucy. Right. Yeah. Telling me I've got no idea what Rick Rowling is. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I kind of knew I, I kind of knew I hadn't because my only reference point was what a ten year old child told me, so I kind of didn't expect it to be right. But she's she, not only she gave me an uh, an explanation; she's actually recorded the explanation for us, oh, so we oh. both can be educated. Oh, that's cool. So what I'm going to suggest we do now, very quickly, mm. is we just have a pause. Mm. The next voice you're going to hear is going to be Lucy's. Explaining, I haven't heard this yet. Explaining uh, Rick explaining, Rowling. Explaining Rick Rowling. I'm all ears. Serves Rick, actually. Good morning. It's Scary Lucy here. I was listening to your last podcast, Anton H, and you were talking about Rick Rowling, and neither of you actually know what Rick Rowling actually is. I shall read from Wikipedia. Rick Rowling is an internet meme involving the unexpected appearance of the music video for the 1987 song... Never Gonna Give You Up, performed by English singer Rick Astley. The aforementioned video has over 1.4 billion views on YouTube. And now I've stopped reading. Basically, you'd send someone a link and say, oh, check out this new Marillion video, it's absolutely brilliant. And when they click on it, it's actually bait and switch and it'll actually be playing Never Gonna Give You Up. And that means they've been rickrolled. And it's a thing that's been going for years and years and years, and I'm shocked that neither of you knew what it was. Thank you. I'm very glad to help. Enjoy the rest of the Corona Diaries episode. And then she said, and for example, 
Greta, Greta Thunberg rickrolled her followers on April's full day by posting a link to a climate-related video which linked to Astley's music video. So it's about inserting never going to give you up in stuff. She followed this on the 16th of October 2021 at the Climate Life concert in Stockholm by saying during a speech with important messages on climate action, we're no strangers in love, you know the rules and so do I, followed by singing the song and dancing to it to great applause. Ah, I see. So it's kind of mashup, really, isn't it? Right, so Greta's a bit of a, a Rick Roller. She's a Rick Roller. Greta is a Rick Roller, Greta is... So, so consequently, when we do finally get around to doing some extra content for the Purples, yeah, and apologies to Purples for being behind extra content, we're starting to get complaints, aren't we? Well, yeah, a little bit. Um, But maybe you could do a Rick Rolling Crew. Maybe you could pick a song and then insert "Never Going to Give You Up" in the middle. Right, right. (laughs) Because I've got sod all else to do in my days, haven't I? I could but, tell as soon as I saw your face then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, hmm, yes, he's, he's come back from holiday nice and relaxed up until that point. I'll do that. I'll do that in between writing my 35 birthday cards that I have to have ready before I go to Sweden and, and <laughs> uh, packing and sword fencing and arranging stuff. But, yes, no, that, yes. That I'll, I will crowbar that in. <laughs> <laughs> On the subject of your busy, busy schedule, so how was Liverpool? Liverpool was, I think, it, well, from what I've heard, the feedback was great from the um, from the people there. The crowd was great. They were really listening. Um, they weren't as leery as the Scousers occasionally have been in the past. Um, the 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 I don't think the 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 lariness meter really got much off the uh, off zero all night. There was a couple of right. a couple of little twitches uh, here and there, but um, for my own part, I kind of left it with a slight sense of disappointment that I hadn't. Kind of, I felt like I didn't do enough, but everybody was really happy. I did. I was there for a long time. I mean, I, 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 the plan, if there's ever a plan, was to do sort of forty minutes stops so people could go to the bar and the, and then do another forty minutes. And of course, when I looked down to during the first set, when I looked down to see how long I'd been on, I'd already been on an hour and a quarter. So so then I explained that that I'd gone on for far too long. But I went on for far too long explaining that. So by the end of that, I'd done an hour and a half. Um, so then I had a little break and went back on and did, did a load more stuff. Um, but it, ha- it did have a special feeling. It had a, it had a special feeling. And I would have gone, if I'm honest, I would have, just being selfish, I would have gone for the downtown lights alone because at one point I played the downtown lights by the Blue Nile and I really nailed it and I felt like I'd really got the essence of it which isn't easy with a song like that you know because you're up against the great Paul Buchanan and you're channeling a kind of honesty that not many singers ever get near but I think I had it and so I would have gone just for that for myself um, 
but there were other aspects of my performance that were less than perfect. Um, that for, well, like your timekeeper. <laughs> well, like everything else. And that, your ability, inability to play the pet shop. That ball. frustrated me a bit. But everybody seemed really, really happy with it. And there was a, you know, a, re- a real sense of people being totally engaged in it and really listening and and communion, really, I suppose, if, is probably the right word for it. And, and and relevant, of course, considering I was in in the cathedral. Um, it's a nice space that. I mean, sonically, it's a bit of a cave. Um, so it's just a bit. Was Phil moaning? Well, a little bit, and I was conscious of the fact that the piano was a bit, you know, it was like it was like the sustain pedal was stuck down mm. uh, because there was so much reverberation in the room. Um, but it was good. It was it it was great. I think I think everybody who was there went away happy, and if they didn't, they certainly didn't tell me about it. Uh, I, I signed a load of stuff at the end for people who were, who'd hung about and queued up, and the the feeling was lovely, you know, from everybody. So yeah, I mean, great. What's not to love? No. Well, what's not to love about playing in Liverpool? Um, and obviously Sweden tomorrow. You mm. disappear for how long? Are you away for? Is it just over a week? It's just, well, I added a couple of Dutch dates on the end. So at, uh, when we when we're done, we're going to fly from Stockholm to Schiphol and do a couple of shows in Holland, a couple of club shows in the Netherlands. Oh. So that will that extends it to the best part of two weeks. I think the Swedish part of it is about nine days. Um. So I'm away for a fortnight. So of course I'm frantically trying to write all these birthday cards so that you know. So otherwise, there'll be a big hole in my birthday card posting mm. for a fortnight. Do you think we should re- rethink the birthday card thing now, and and maybe well, think of something a bit different? Because because everybody's had one or two, haven't they? Well, of course the new purples haven't had one. Um, no. Whereas the old purples are thanking me and they say, well, I've now got a lovely collection. I've got four on the fridge. Um, so it is a lot of work. I don't, I don't know. I could, I could stop. I could say anyone who's had a card, had a card, then I'm going to have to stop now because it's taken me all my days to write them. And I'll write cards for the newbies. You know when their birthdays come up, but that'll just make my spreadsheet even more complicated than it already is. <laughs> I might need to bring in some kind of industrial statistician <laughs> to keep track of it for me. Somebody who does the you know the gas bill, uh, uh, Eon. I'll have to get them in or something. <laughs> gas bill, Eon. <laughs> Ian won't get a gas bill, surely not. They'll just charge themselves. Who know? Who can say? Who knows? Who can say? Who can say? Probably one of the purples will go. Mm. I work at Ian, and this is you know we do get a gas bill. <laughs> we pay it on direct debit. <laughs> That's a point, actually. Yeah. I wonder if through the last couple of years the energy companies' energy bills have gone up as well. 
Yes. Well, they probably give themselves a bit of a discount, don't they? The well, that's not allowed, is bastards. it? Um, anyway, let me let me not be horrid. I've been horrid right, enough okay. well, in my don't, life. Don't be horrid. I'm going to. I'm turning over a new leaf, Ant. I'm going to be nice and nothing else. Oh, don't do that. No, no. How are we, we going to keep this spinning if you're going to do that? Things like that. I mean, you've already you've already yeah. slandered one half or both half of the Pet Shop Boys this morning. Yeah, fair comment. <laughs> um, so so Sweden's coming up. You've added some Dutch dates at the other end, mm. which is all all nice and all lovely. On the subject of um, on the subject of potential gigs, because a bit of an update here. We chatted about Steve Wilson, the plumber, not the not Steve Wilson, the, the musical genius, right? And and we talked about that, the place I'm going to in France and the fact they've got a great little rock club and you said, oh, well, if I can drop a date in. Mm. Anyway, there's an update. Mm. Um, you can drop a date in. Oh, they have availability. Oh. And it turns out this club owner is a big mate of Clem Burke's. You're lying. No, I'm being deadly serious. <laughs> so I've got the details of the fella. Right. We shall pass on to you. And if you okay. want to have a chat with them, there's a very good possibility. And I've even found out, even found out, that there is a train. You know, we talked about whether there actually were trains in France. Well, not only are the trains in France, <laughs> there is a train that goes from Nantes to Saint-Gilles. So, and I'm, I can't believe you can't get from Paris to Nantes. So mm. it could happen. Mm. It could happen. So if you were still vaguely interested... I think everybody at, at, yeah. at the French end is quite excited. Send me, send me the details because um, there was that possibility of doing another show in France after Paris and the French promoter, Laurent, he's busy frying bigger fish, I right. suspect, if you'll pardon the expression. Um, so uh, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for some something back from, from him. Um, to no avail. I just get the feeling he hasn't really looked. I mean, and I've e I even mentioned that the gig that you, we're talking about now. You know, the the the, mm. the one from Stephen Wil the one Stephen Wilson had mentioned, and maybe he's called them and they couldn't do it. But I don't know. Well, if I was a gambling man, I'd say he's probably too busy sorting out the next Sting Stadium tour. To, mm. to worry about me playing in front of a hundred Frenchmen and a dog. Okay, well, Sting probably won't be going to the venue we're talking about, but Steve Wilson talks very, very highly of it, mm. and if Clem likes it... Mm. Well, if it's good enough for Clem, it must have headroom to fit his, fit his hair in. And width to fit his kit in. Uh, yes. Width and height to fit his ride cymbals in. Right. So. Well, I'll get I'll get back in touch, and we must say thank you to Steve Wilson, who has actually put in quite a lot of quite a lot of work on this. Yeah, cheers, Steve. So uh, bless you, and I think I'm going to run into him next week and have a beer or a or a, some some form of beverage, depending on the time of day. Right, uh, just to say hello. A pastis. So, uh, have a pastis. So, so there we have it. Has that caught us up with everything that's that's kind of happened since we last spoke? Um. I have no idea, Anthony. You're talking to the wrong man there. Mm. Mm. Well, shall we go for a bit of diary anyway and yes. have a little bit of a regroup? Yes, let's. I think I'm still in Mexico. Did I get to the point of actually doing that show? 
Not I'm sure not I quite sure because I've forgotten and I haven't, and I, I, I have to be forgiven this. I haven't brought your diary with me. Well, I've got it here, and I did have a just a very a lightning peruse, and I think I think I'm still in Mexico with Rothers and about to perform a little charity gig. Right. Well, should we go to that then? Let's go to that. Tuesday, 8th of October, Mexico City, Club Lunario. Up at the crack of six again, unable to sleep. Breakfasted at seven. The Skype has stopped working, so I've discovered FaceTime, which kind of does the same thing, but is a little more Mac-friendly. I spoke to Elle, who had been to Beaconsfield Services for a meeting with a Danish clothes-selling person. She said it went well. Vibes was home from school and seemed fine. No sign of Nile. Went over to the gig at the enormous Auditorio Nacional. Sadly, we're not playing the big room, which is wonderful, but the club underneath, which, as it turned out, is a bit of a bare-walled acoustic horror. The room came as a disappointment as we walked in. Having played the Auditorio Nacional in the past, I found it to be one of the best spaces in the world, acoustically, visually and technically. I thought the Lunario might be its cousin. No such luck. It's just a bare basement with a stage and a PA. When Steve and I arrived around midday, Phil was well stressed out, muttering to himself. The sound engineer hadn't yet shown up. Phil had professionally emailed ahead with his requirements for the outfront digital desk so that it might be set up ready for our show. Nothing had been done and no one in the building seemed to know how to operate the desk. The mains transformers for our 240 volt power supplies had not arrived and were still in a car somewhere across town. Phil had arrived at 10am as arranged to find almost nothing and no one ready for him. It quickly became apparent that Steve Rothery's hired amplifier wasn't working properly and so another selection of amps was hastily arranged to be sent over but no one was certain how long this might take. Mexico City's traffic is legendary in its tendency to move slowly. At least the piano had arrived but I didn't really get on with it at any point in the day. It just didn't sound right or respond to me as I'm used to. This could have been the instrument or it could have been my monitoring. I tried everything, eventually rejecting my ultimate in-ears, for sure in-ear buds, which sounded more natural. It took a couple of hours before Steve R had an amp and a sound he could work with. We rehearsed a while in front of some of the kids from Projecto Antares who we'd invited along to the sound check. They weren't allowed into the show as the club serves alcohol. Eventually we didn't feel we could do much more and decided to return to the hotel. By this time I was a nervous wreck and still very tired from three nights lack of good sleep. We were driven back to the hotel by our ever-present and helpful driver Enrique and although we would only have an hour there, it was a precious hour before the return to the club for meet and greets and the show. We were taken downstairs to have a look at a series of photographs inspired by my faith lyric. 
These comprised a child's hand holding various objects as a metaphor for faith. I was flattered and moved. We went back up to meet those who had been selected to meet us, upon which criteria I don't know, but all were fans and thrilled to be there. Fernando Acev was there to take photographs. We also signed photographs and album covers for everyone. I have mixed feelings about the gig itself. On the negative side, I couldn't get comfortable with my sound and played the piano appallingly as a consequence of not feeling the instrument responding to my touch. I sang fairly well, although I often struggled to hear myself properly. Having rehearsed my own reworking of John Lennon's instant karma until I was blue in the face, I nonetheless made a complete mess of it. Kate Bushes, the man with the child in his eyes, was similarly murdered. When I played No One Can, the audience sang the chorus affectionately. I was grateful to have Steve there to share the situation. It would have been a long old night if I'd had to play this room alone. On the positive side, however, the atmosphere in the room was very warm and enthusiastic. The Mexican audience once again lived up to our high expectations and the show, for the most part, was really well received. I had to keep reminding myself that everyone was having a great night and, secondly, the gig had been a success both financially and in terms of exposure for the project. This was all that really mattered. Our performance was, at this stage, a mere detail. After the show, I sat in the dressing room, physically and emotionally wrung out. The high altitude of Mexico City has a strange effect on me, and I think I'd have to be here a long time to get used to it. Steve R crossed the room and gave me a hug. A rare show of affection from him. He must have enjoyed himself. It took a while before I was ready to do any more autographs, but I eventually went back out and sat on the edge of stage. I was mobbed, but respectfully so, and a couple of uniformed security people appeared almost immediately to keep an eye on things and keep the people moving. This prevents any one person settling down and excluding the people who are patiently waiting. Firm but fair and all that. A table was set up for us downstairs so that we could do yet more autographs and photographs. After that, we packed our things and returned to the hotel. I was surprised to find that I was sitting on the bed in my room before midnight. What a relief. Now I could enjoy just existing again and drift into sleep at peace. And we're back. (laughs) Whoa. We haven't done that for a while and you seem to take a breath a bit early and then... I went for the, the holding of the breath far too early then and the, uh, the blood's just coming back into my face now. <laughs> I'll give you a moment to centre. <laughs> now, on the, on the subject of new and exciting things that have happened since we last spoke, there's, mm. there's, been, a, there's been some form of development, hasn't there? Um, yes, there has been a development. Uh, I've found the masters of live spirit, live body. And, in fact, I'm, I'm taking the credit for that. I think someone else found them. Um, and uh, Lucy said, we've found the live spirit, live body masters. You don't want to 
re re well I wouldn't say repress it because it's a CD, isn't it? Remanufacture it because it's been out of print for many years now, and quite a few people have expressed an interest. And it is a really good live recording of what was two really extraordinary um, live shows in Camden back in twenty. Uh, was it twenty sixteen or? Maybe 20, no, it was 2012, I think. So it was a long time ago. It was, it was many years back. Um, and um, it's been out of print and there's some fantastic stuff on there. Anybody, I mean, uh, everyone listening to this would be familiar with the H-Band, won't they? And it was the Andy Gangadine incarnation of the H-Band. Uh, Andy was drumming, Jingles was playing bass. Uh, Aziz, Dave, Dahl, of course, Stephanie Soby-Jones on cello and myself and Richard Barbieri. Um, so it was quite an outfit and um, Dave Megan mixed it. So um, nothing more needs saying really except that it's um, it's a good thing and if you haven't got a copy of it, I commend it to the house. Well... So I've just had a quick look because you can still get the download. This is obviously, so obviously you 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 this will be a physical thing that you're making a, making available that's been out of stock for a long time. Yeah. 2001. Was it that long ago, my goodness. 8th and 9th of August at Dingwalls. 22 years ago. And Almost as you said, yourself, Rich, Andy Gangadine, Dave Greggs, Aziz, uh, Jingles, um Steph- uh, Stephanie, Stephanie. Uh, and um, so Darbler sing? Darbler. Darbler sing. Darbler, yeah, right. Darbler. Sorry, I'm, my, my, this is very small text. Darl to uh, his mates. Yeah, yes. And, um, and yeah, and it's a hell of a set list, isn't it? it hell is. of a set list. It is a hell of a set list. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Yes. So, and when's, do you know when it's, when it's landing? Uh, well, I've already got, got it. And I'm selling it on the road. Uh, I was selling it in uh, Liverpool on Saturday night. Um, I'm I'm carrying some copies to Sweden and to Holland, if there's any left. Um, and I, it'll be available at Racket, if not today, within days. Right. So yeah. head over for that. Um, you, you, you possibly leave, leave one of those aside with my name on it, would you? I certainly will love. Because I've not heard that gig. Ooh. I know, I know. Never heard the H-Band. No, no. Mm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, uh, apart from that, anything else exciting going on or are we just knee-deep in gigs then for the next couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, knee-deep in um, knee-deep in Swedes for the next... Uh, <laughs> that's a good title as well. Uh, for the next 10 days... <laughs> And then um, off to uh, Zertemir to play De Borderai, which I've done before, and that's always um, that's always good. And I'm also playing a little gig in uh, Helmand, not Afghanistan, uh, Helmand uh, on the edge of Eindhoven in uh, in Holland, which I've never done, so that should be quite interesting. Then when I get home, I've got a week at home. Um, and then jumping in the car to drive to Denmark again with uh, Lynette and the dog, Boots. 
um, to the summer house until the end of August. Then I got a quiet September. Uh, October, I'll be rehearsing with Marillion for the November shows. But somewhere in amongst all of that, I've put in a show at Trading Boundaries down in East Sussex on the 30th of September. Um, and that should be that should be interesting. That should be interesting. Apparently, everyone who's been there or played there says it's really lovely. So I thought I would I would do do a do one in there to warm up for Crooked Billet, uh, the three shows. One of which I will I'm, I've probably live streamed the the third one on the I don't know third third or fourth of October, whenever it is early October. I'll be returning to my very, very first venue um, with Marillion um, back in 1989 when we were halfway through recording season's end. We went and played there as an act of madness and uh, I've been invited back. So that should be a a nice little occasion um, and something, you know, like a watershed occasion really in a way. Um, then I'm out with the boys in November and with Louis Jardim. He's going to be joining us again for this tour, so looking forward to, to being on a bus with with the band and Lewis again. That takes me through to December, and uh, I've I've got these I've got a show in Poland actually on my own, seventh of December, and two nights at St John's Oxford, the traditional Christmas show. My Lord. So I'm a busy boy to the end of the year. Well, that's a full recap. It's a full recap. It's good, it's good that every once in a while we, we, we do this and we just make sure everyone... Because I, I noticed something on social media the other day with somebody saying, how do I keep track of everything that you're doing? So, um, A, we'll always cover it, make sure people know what you, what's going on. Um, and I suppose Lucy tends to put it out on the Merlion stuff, doesn't she? She t- tends to go out on the Merlion. If you're not signed up for the Merlion newsletter, you perhaps ought to sign up for that. And there's a, I have a Steve Hogarth Facebook that that Lucy sort of runs for me. I don't I don't go there much myself um, because if I did that, it'd be the end of me. Um, but uh, she runs that and she she updates things on there as well. Cool. So there you are, absolutely, absolutely up to date. Well, I had to leave you to go and pack, didn't I? Yes. If you're packing for a fortnight, how do you how do you come back and then go again? Uh, so where do you even get your washing done? Well, it wasn't a lot of washing, to be honest. Um, I was only out overnight. Um, I could probably do with a shirt washing, but that's it, really. Uh, yeah, but you're not long back from holiday, are you? No, no. I mean, Lynetta's been piling through it. She she she's fantastic at. Um, getting through the the laundry and there's only three of us but we do seem to generate a similar quantity of laundry to to the holiday inn um and she sort of gets through it and pegs it out and pegs it up and 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 seems to sort of stay on top of it that's a full-time job on its own um but she's very good at that and i'm hopeless of course although i'm willing to help it's just that i don't so when are we next going to talk then? Is there going well, to be worth letting people know if there's going to be a break or are we going to try and keep going? Oh, I going? see, keep going. Well, I, I can certainly take some recording equipment 
with me to Sweden. If you're about, I'm game. You know. Well, I can talk to you from France if you can if you can find a bit of internet in Sweden. Oh well, I, they're very internet savvy in Sweden. I think they were. I think they were the first one of the first nations on earth with lightning fast broadband. Um, and I think they've stayed ahead of the curve, so it, it's extremely likely that'll be all right uh, in the hotels there. So let's let's keep going, and if we can't, we'll 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 put out we'll put out an apology. <laughs> right. Well, I might try and see. I might tap up Mr. Wilson and see if it's possible to do a to record from this club. Oh yeah, because you're going to be there, are you? Because I'm going to be there as of Wednesday. So oh, well. I might see if I can record from this club and have a have a bit of a look around. Can I you, maybe even show you a little bit with yeah, the old you, webcam while we're talking? See if you can find any of Clem Burke's discarded leopard skin shirts. You know, I didn't know where you were going there. <laughs> I was quite fearful when as soon as you said Clem's discarded. <laughs> oh, old cans of hairspray. <laughs> On the subject of hairspray, uh, right? On the well, subject, I've of just hairspray. got to point out that I, I love Clem like a brother. He's the loveliest bloke and a great <laughs> drummer. So, <laughs> mustn't shouldn't take the piss, but you know, <laughs> well, you, well, <laughs> I wonder yeah, what he says yeah. about me. But on the subject <laughs> of hair products, hmm. what hair product do you use? Oh, now I'm a bit of a rotator. Uh, oh, of yeah. the hair products because I've never really found anything that quite sorts me out. Uh, I've got a thing called Label M in a black tube, which is a kind of mousse that just sort of stops it being too frizzy. Um, and I told that story about the Label M and waiting in Montreal for it to turn up when I bought it on eBay. Ah, uh, you did, you did. That yes, was you did. one we of have, them. We have, we have talked about this. <laughs> that was one of them. And then, you know, just various various things. I have to be really careful that they're, they're not these um, mousses and gels that contain fibres because I've, I've made the mistake of using those in the past and sweated them into my eyes and gone yeah, blind, blind and been, been agony, in agony for a week. Um, so I've had a bit of a history with hair products and I have to be careful. Um, but I, I, I kind of rotate, you know, and if I'm in a hair salon and they go, oh, have a bit of this, it's really good, I always go, oh, oh, sell me a jar of that. So <laughs> I've, I've got hundreds. <laughs> Right, so here's a reason to be purple now. If you want to pitch hair product to eight, then the comments <laughs> section of, of for one six nine is the place to do it. Yes, I'm all ears. He's, he seems to have a soft spot <laughs> for hair products. Yeah, and I'm all hair as well. So I'm, <laughs> I'm all hair. <laughs> well, we'll leave you with that. That's, that's your call to action for this week. If, you, if you're a small independent hair product producer who happens to be purple, then now's the time to pitch your product. There's definitely some form of marketing mashup here. Can I hear the beep, beep, beep of a truck reversing up even <laughs> as we speak? What, down Stella Street, round the, round the green? <laughs> it's probably Ed Sheeran driving it. Yeah, it's probably gone dark in Tom Jones's house now as the, as the <laughs> truck goes past. He'll be out complaining. I won't lie. I won't lie. He'll be ringing Nigel in the pub. Nigel, Nigel, is there something going on? Something going on? Have we lost daylight? I won't lie to you. There's a big fucking truck outside my house. (laughs) 
<laughs> is that your Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's just not dwell on that awful <laughs> Tom Jones impression. I was channeling, but I only got one leg in. <laughs> I was channeling, but only one leg in his particular speedos. <laughs> in, his, in, his, in his leather trousers. Right. <laughs> one leg in, one leg out of Tom's leathers. Imagine that. Imagine doing like a three-legged race with Tom Jones where he had one leg, he had his right leg in the, le- in the left leg of his leather trousers and you had your left leg That's in the not right how leg. three-legged races work. No, I guess not. No, that's pro- I'm probably thinking of another thing altogether. <laughs> I think that's a different kind of event and I don't think it takes place in public. Do you know what I heard in the premiere in at Dead of Night in uh, <laughs> in, Liv- in John Lennon Airport in Liverpool on Saturday night? As I finally prepared to check into the hotel and fall into bed about about one thirty a.m., I went down the corridor, and there was the very loud sound coming through a closed door of a girl having a, a fairly dramatic orgasm, that was then. Um, accompanied by the sound of another girl having a dramatic orgasm in the same room. Mm. And I thought, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know where that sends me as a picture, but it's, uh, well, only Liverpool, basically. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. I think that sends us to absolutely perfectly bloody normal, doesn't it? (laughs) Oh, is that the phone ringing? I'd better on go. Su- <laughs> on the subject though, just quickly, did you yeah. did you you didn't you didn't did you see the submarine then? What and where? Isn't there a sub a yellow submarine at John Lennon Airport? Oh, is there? Yeah. Well, it was two in the morning and pissing it down with rain, so no, I didn't see much to be well, honest. I couldn't well, see the road. One forty seven. See the road I was driving down. No, that was an ask call. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I, sorry. I, I hung up as quickly as I could with in the horror as I realised I seemed to be on the phone to you. Right. Um, with, <laughs> I didn't didn't wake me. I mentioned it to Alison <laughs> in the morning, and uh, and 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 she was like, oh. Yeah, no, I wasn't phoning you up to tell to tell you about the dual orgasm. It, it was just a it was just an ass call, right? Do you mean dramatic in the Shakespearean sense? <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> what you do about <laughs> about the bedroom? Friends, Romans, countrymen, all that. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go before we get into trouble? Yes. Yes, okay. we should. I think it's I'll too late. I'll see you in Sweden then, when I'm in France. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you in France then, when I'm in Sweden. Lovely. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, stay purple. And uh, we'll talk to you just as soon as we can, uh, internet connections permitting. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.